Now it's time for Inspirational Women. And my guest, Professor Elizabeth Primamore, Professor of English at City University of New York. Elizabeth is also a producer playwright. This morning, Elizabeth joins us with her book, Shady Women, Three Short Plays, an opportunity to think about our various roles as women and to view these via some of the stories and experiences of 2018. Dr. Elizabeth Primamore, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Thank you. It's wonderful to have this opportunity to uh, start the morning off with an English professor and to talk about these ideas and and con- not just concepts, but just things that are going on in our life that are so critical. So I really appreciate you and, and your taking time with us this morning. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So... As a professor of English, of course, it would be natural that you would do some uh, writing of your own. And so here I I hold in my hand uh, your latest book, which is Three Short Plays, Shady Women. So it's uh, the timing seems good to look at this topic. Maybe it's always been a good time, but still the idea is what was your impetus for writing these plays, which weren't just... This didn't just happen. I mean, this was earlier in the in the decade, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. They were ri- my plays were written right before the breakthrough, right? But they they apply to the current situation because women speak up in the plays, and I my hope is to encourage women, all women, to 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 speak up about their experiences. Um, I wanted to tell stories that would not necessarily be told. And I try to open up my work to voices that haven't been heard before. Um, So my book is about relationships or the end of them. And, uh, for example, um, Susan Ponty in the first play, Just Fine, she's someone that we usually don't hear from. She's a, a lesbian living in the shadows. So she comes out of the shadows and talks about her grief. Uh, she's put into a, a difficult situation in that she's called into a police station and is questioned uh, about the murder of the treating physician of her partner who passed away. So she has a very, uh, her grief def- uh, drives the murder and she has a defiant uh, nature and a complex moral dilemma as do all my characters. And my other character, uh, Heather, in the child's best interest, um, is in a brutal custody battle uh, oh, for, her, oh, for her five-year-old son with her husband. And it's a, uh, takes, the situation there is a, a mediation that takes place. And she has a secret. And when she reveals it, it completely changes the dy- She speaks up. And her, it completely changes the dynamic between she and her husband. So, so the, the, the dynamic changes. And for her, it's motherly love that, that, drives, that drives the secret. And these are really intriguing, fascinating women. And when you, talk, you, know, you say they have these secrets, um, I had to think, though, in, in, the, in the second play with Heather, uh, was this actually a secret or was it kind of her way of just saying something so that she would be able to keep her son? But I think 
it must have been the truth because otherwise it would be found out anyway with a paternity test, right? Right, but that was he had no idea of <laughs> he had no idea of of that situation. So, um in order to to uh, win, she comes she's very defiant and she comes out with that secret and that is the the way she wins wins the battle at, at least of of self of having him respect her because he was a very powerful man exactly and yeah. so that's where that theme is so just general in our society is yes. having that power struggle and and feeling dominated yes well I, you know, if we think about women not speaking up, and of course things are changing now, obviously, but, you know, if we think of why, why have women not spoken up? For example, we might as well just say it, Dr. Ford in the media, well, why did she wait, you know, 36 years? I think that for women generally, in in particular, in, in the past, there's been cultural norms of silence for women, along with a sense of futility, that if they speak up, no one will listen to them, nor would they be believed. And that's sort of a what we're seeing in, in the media now. We're all seeing this. Now with the Me Too movement, fortunately, women are generally being believed. And another reason I think if a woman speaks up, expresses anger, traditionally she has been viewed as unfeminine or not a real woman. So now that women are speaking up and are generally being believed, uh, I think it's important not to give in to uh, these oppressive gender signifiers, and, and we're all seeing it. And for sure, uh, the female characters in my place, Shady Women, have the, that defiant nature They have and complex moral dilemmas which I help think them not be silent and speak up. And the response then that you've gotten through classes at the university, through the performance of the plays, yes, has that come to you that, yes, you are definitely on the mark? Yes. You know, um, what, what makes me very happy is I'm getting emails from women, and I encourage men also. It's not that men don't suffer uh, in, in their own ways um, in keeping certain things silent. What's made me ex- very uh, pleased is that I've been getting email that my work has given women courage to come out of the shadows and into the light and speak up about their experiences because their voices matter. Right? Their voices matter. I mean, I, and that has made me very, very uh, happy, and, and indeed with my students also. But in terms of um, in terms of the book and, and the book being out there, that I've gotten, I've gotten that uh, response, and that makes me very pleased because silence breeds shame, which distorts our lives. So, so uh, that I, I, that is definitely then encouraging. And so hopeful, but yet to think of what it's taken for that silence to have had to existed because uh, there would have been that fear, and mm-hmm. and not only fear, it actually happened if someone, if a woman spoke up and wasn't believed, then it was as though life was over. It was almost a suicide. Well, it's dreadful not to be belie- be believed if if you're telling the truth, um, and and also there's shaming, and you, you, if you're not believed 
it's it's a form of of gaslighting. It's like you're being psychologically manipulated to question your own sanity, your own perception, your own memory. So, and also, it seems a waste of time to try. And if there's sensitive matters on top uh, to complicate and problematize it, so you end up retreating into silence again. It's safer. It's safer to stay silent than to have your, the experience you know is true denied. And yet just saying that, I think we can feel the pain of it, having to stay silent. Uh, yeah. It's as though something has to burst at some point, but yet it's such a no-win situation at that point. Right. Well, And if we think about it, you know, what cannot be openly expressed is perceived to be too shameful to talk about, isn't it? Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, that shame distorts our lives. Um, it's, it's oppressive. And the, the silence that precludes shame validates and strengthens the shame. So it's a, it's a terrible, vicious circle. And that's where I think uh, with the second play with Heather that yes. we, we find that finally expressing that truth is so liberating uh, yes. that, and and all of a sudden it's it, it's not um, feeling crushed and and living in fear there's such a freedom to it yes there's a freedom to it and also it softens Gordon and he, he becomes very sympathetic yes that's true yes right so so him her coming out with that weapon quite you know coming out with that secret and whopping him with it turns him into a very sympathetic character. And we it's such a dilemma. We feel, I'm hoping, the audience feels for the two of them. It's like, well, what do you do under those terrible circumstances that they were under? But he becomes sympathetic. We like him better. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. And so, meaning that... The sex dynamic in that play, and that's that's what I think is important in, 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 as we, we look at uh, the bigger issue, is how to bring men and women together, right, to stand up against inequality, regardless of gender, race, or religion. And I think that play speaks to that in particular, because all of us are inhuman, uh, in, in listen to me, all of us are imperfect and, and vulnerable, right, and works works of progress on planet Earth. So he becomes very humanized in, in that instance. And and that is, that whole idea of, uh, you know, we we are all together in this is, you yes. know, to see ourselves as, as works in progress and to yes. uh, work together rather than at odds with each other. Right. And, and last Sunday in the Times, Jane Fonda, I think she's 80 now. They, they yes, her. she is. Yeah. And she said, I'm a work in progress. So we, our, our, our growth never changes, hopefully. We're, we're always changing. We're, all of us are, are vulnerable uh, and imperfect. So to be a work of, of progress on this planet, in my view, gives us hope. Yes, uh, indeed, that is so. And, and that's why plays, why literature is so important, because yes. it gives us that opportunity um, to see that picture, but do it in a 
kind of a safer way because it's uh, theoretical in this point, in this place. We're not talking about actual individuals. It's We're talking concepts. Right. Well, if we bring it, okay, if we talk about, let's say, um, my, my work, uh, my three plays, if we think about even the recent history of, of, the, of the Justice Kavanaugh hearings, if we think about it, now that women are speaking up and being heard, and not that it was necessarily a success this time around, however, the stories are coming out of the shadows and into the light. And therefore, if we think about it, women's contributions, right, common lives as well as their contributions to art, literature, science, have been throughout history forgotten, dismembered, washed out. So now that we are recognizing these stories, I mean, we have an, an historical record of these hearings. We have women's literature, right? I mean, my work is, is an interpretation of its fiction, but it's an interpretation. It's mine in my own archive, but it's an interpretation of life. It's, 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 it's bigger than life, but it's a metaphor for life. Now that we are recognizing women's stories and lives that have been buried in the tomb, and being brought out, and they're being resurrected in a way through literature, through documentaries, through new uh, re- recording, through news, and all all of the arts. We can we can we're we're creating a a women's history, right? That has always existed, but that has never been brought forward. And it's. Not that it's just happened. There's, right. it's, it's been a work in progress, too, over time. Oh, but absolutely. finally, we are reaching, I think we have reached some momentum. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and at least it, it's a way for, for women to have that courage to, to speak yes. up, at least most of the time, I would feel. Do you feel yes. that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, even if we look back, I mean, I don't, if you recall, you know, I was very young, but if you, if you recall the um, Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas hearings. Right. Yeah. It was the, the structure and the questioning of, of um, the Kavanaugh-Ford hearings was much, much different. I mean, it, it did, Im- it, there was a great improvement from, let's say, uh, Anita Hill being asked by a male senator, "Are you a scorned woman, Miss Hill?" Yes. I mean, you know that that at least now. I mean, it was much more. There was a lot of sensitivity with regard to the, the questioning of Doctor Ford. Do you? Don't you think? Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, yeah, that would not have, that question would not have happened today. So. Progress is slow, but it's there. And um, I think uh, because the Me Too movement uh, has created, it's almost been a tool of insurrection in that it's created a wonderful community, and then there's always support through community. So 
Absolutely. And uh, it feels the there's the encouragement and and also comfort. Uh, right. Right? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, and that's also one of my, hopefully I'm getting across in my work, is that you, you're not alone. Right? I mean, I hope that um, my, my stories resonate with, with people regardless of, that they're human stories. Right? I mean, I, I, I see them as uh, having a connecting theme of empowerment of women as universal stories, mm-hmm. regardless of sex, race, or religion. Um, so I, I, my hope is that they 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 resonate with 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 other people, and and so far the responses has um, supported that. So I'm happy about that. And so what we're talking about is this wonderful book of three plays, three short plays, Shady Women. Of course, it's uh, available to any of us at our favorite book sources, right, Dr. Primamore? Yes, Amazon or or through my website, elizabethpermamore.com, for sure. And, and, you know, I I just want to say my hope that, that speaking out will also trickle down, you know, to corporations, relationships. I mean, certainly my plays, it's a, my plays are about relationships. Right. Um, the little microcosms of the world, and not only the government or media or the entertainment world. And that, and I think what we get from this too is, uh, and I think it particularly uh is demonstrated in the second play in the child's best interest. Yes. We've talked yes. about Heather and Gordon is how it's not um it is about the self but how yes. speaking up really can have such a change for others as well. We don't we do it hopefully in that regard uh but then that really demonstrates that the world changes because yes. of it, and and ultimately for the good, I think. Right. Oh, absolutely. Because if we think about, you know, we to keep secrets, and a lot of us do, <laughs> um, is definitely a well. I'm gonna if I could quote Maya Angelou here. There's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. Um, so it's always shame that bars the tongue, tongue from speaking. So I, I think, think that's absolutely true, what you're saying. And and it's then so liberating, and yes. we find that it hasn't, what we feel might kill us, actually has given us re, a resurgence, new life in a way. Yes, absolutely. It's liber- It's empowering. There it is. Mm-hmm. Empowering. Uh, it's what is, in, in my view, what is more demoralizing than to feel disempowered? I, I, I think, so if we come out and we tell our truth, and we know we're not alone, and if we know that what we have to say matters, then that is empowering for us. Absolutely. And, and that's... What I obviously is is your hope in your yes. writing, in your teaching, and when yes. we have these conversations, it underscores it and plants those yes. seeds and ideas for others to to pursue that on their own. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's my hope. Is my hope is is that you know that my work, uh, my writing, my teaching encourages others to speak up, to speak up about their experience because what they have to say matters. And you know, we all, we also have uh, the idea of women have uh, been permitted a certain range of emotions. Right? There's been certain rules of acceptability for women. Um, for example, anger. Right? Anger, we're more conditioned to accept male anger. So if a woman, a woman speaks up and says she's angry about something, I, I think that's, that's something that is uh, also empowering. Because it at one time would not have been considered feminine, to, right? To... It's it's not feminine, right? Exactly, and and if that that's one of the um, as we were talking about before, I mean that's one of the reasons why women have stayed silent when suffering because to express anger, you're unfeminine. You're not a real woman, and uh, that's something that. That that construct is something that none of us want to want to have imposed on us. I think. Right, and I think, pro- more so maybe in the past, but it perhaps exists now. Is that is is a fear of speaking up. Um, might feel unsafe, physically unsafe. Yes, but, that's true. Right? That's true. Well, there's definitely a price to pay, right? Uh, there's definitely a price to pay if, if, if... There's a price to pay for everything, for sure. Mm. I mean, and that's... Yeah, there are repercussions when you speak up. That That's true. I mean, that could be another another reason why women don't speak up. The, the fear. It's fear. Once again, it's that fear. Um that fear of the repercussions of of, of uh, what could be what, what they could suffer if they do if they do say something. So, um, yet th- that unknown, uh, we don't know what that is. Although we can get a sense of it, perhaps speculate on it from the second play, the child's best interest with Gordon right. and with Heather. Uh, right. But the thing is. Uh, to keep that sealed inside, just it's like a cancer in itself. That that's not safe either. Well, you know, it's so interesting that you said that. I was. Just, it's to, to add to what you're saying. If if we don't speak up, we live on two levels, and the self is split. Right? You have a yeah. profound secret that takes an enormous amount of psychic energy, which robs you of energy for more important things, perhaps. And you're distanced from your authentic self. Yes. And that that's so critical to consider. Yes. You know, yes. We, we may think, oh, this is, I'll just leave things status quo because yes. that's the safe place to live. But is it really? Well, exactly. I mean, that, that's really, I think, a, a huge issue. Um, it's 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 like a, a, the double life. Well, and and once again, if you can't talk about it, it's too shameful. If it weren't if it weren't shameful, 
you would be able to talk about it. So, um, and once again, that shame breeds self-loathing. Uh, we wouldn't cover up if we didn't feel it. So uh, that's why it's important. I mean, you know, how we feel about ourselves greatly affects the choices we make in our life. And the thing about what we think is shameful um, in the past, and it's not even that too distant to past, but it, there were certain kind of mores around uh, what was acceptable and not. Now, I think we're, we live in a time where saying these things are, you know, may maybe cause a little bit of shock with someone, but mostly probably not. And, and it has that effect of being healing, liberating. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. It, it's, it is liberating, and it's, it also changes. It, 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 what it does is it opens up new interp for women in particular. It opens up, and, it, and also for men, but for women it would open up new interpretations of the feminine, uh -huh. right, which is what we need. And that's what hopefully feminism has given us. Hopefully femini feminism has given us choice, hopefully. You can have a career or not, or you can stay home, and it's whatever your choice is is, is, is valid and should be valued. Um, but I, I think that uh, it, it, it's definitely something that opening up new interpretations of the feminine and by extension would open up new interpretations for all, for masculinity and all genders. Yes, absolutely. Well, this is certainly so thought-provoking and couldn't be more timely um, as, as the book of the plays has come out, even though these were written years before, but it's almost, uh, because it's existed all along, right. but the, the moment of this publication right. is great, isn't it? it it's so... Right. right. Well, well, exactly, and that's what I was talking about before. <laughs> they've always been there, these stories, these lives have always been there, but they've, they've been throughout history washed out. Yes. Or torn apart. So it's, it's our, you know, the job is to bring the stories that have been buried in the tomb, bring them into the light. And, and that's what I hope to do with my book, Shady Women, Three Short Plays. And, of course, we mentioned earlier, available at all of our favorite book sources, but certainly from your website as well, where there's lots of other great information, and that website is very simple. It's your name. Yes, thank you. <laughs> And that is Elizabeth with a Z, ElizabethPrimamore.com. So yes. definitely visit the website. And uh, just to recap, I think that this has been such a, an important and encouraging conversation, Dr. Primamore. Um, I, I really appreciate the work that you're doing and that you have spent this time to help us to feel encouraged ourselves and to uh, move forward and, and speak the truth and yes. uh, work through that. Yes, and you know, and it could even be in the simple form of a diary. You don't have to make, you know, whatever, just you, whatever, you could write it, you could say it, whatever it is. You know, it's just a way to get in touch with your, 
your truth, bring it out, know your voice matters and what you have to say matters, and no one should be living in the shadows alone. They should come out of the shade and into the light. (laughs) And there we have shady women. Well, this has truly been so uh, encouraging and empowering, and I just definitely appreciate who you are, Dr. Primamore, and that you've spent time with us this morning. Well, thank you very, very much. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. As I did, too. Thank you. And with that, we are at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Elizabeth Primamore and Sunday Morning Magazine with Joe Tankersley. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage, click on the On Air tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of dreaming, of considering that so much is possible in our life and our world. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Have a great entry into 2019.